everyone to everyone out there that we're a podcast uh coming live from eastern pei called busy in the sticks so we're just fortunate today to have our guest with us gary dingwell who owned and operated dingwell funeral home in surrey prince edward island for over 21 years so we'll get to gary in a few seconds here so um, my name is Lori McGregor, and I work with the Eastern PEI Chamber of Commerce. And this is a joint project in East and Western PEI. So every week or every second week, you can tune in and hear about the businesses um, that have been created and owned and operated in our rural communities um, across PEI. So we're very excited to be here and have Gary Dingle, like I said, who ran a business um, in Eastern PEI. So um, we just like to say welcome to you, Gary. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being with us today and agreeing to come down and be be interviewed with us for our Chamber podcast. So like I said, Gary has operated for, was it 21 years, Gary, on your own with the, the business? Yes, but I was involved with it long before that. Right. So yeah. tell me a little bit little bit about that. You, you owned and operated with your father and your uncle. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 Dad was active until... 1996. Okay. Yeah. So what was, what's your earliest memory? Like where you work, you know, where you were ran with your dad when you were like five or like, how did that? Well, I started working. I always worked there since I was about 11 years old. We had a woodworking shop. Okay. And they built caskets. Okay. Since 1912. Wow. Like your family, the Dingwall family. Yeah. It was started by my father's uncle. Okay. Will, William Dingwall. He graduated from Boston Institute of Anatomy in Boston in 1910. Okay. Moved to Surrey PEI and opened up a funeral home. And oh, wow. he made furniture. And in those days, your local funeral director also made the caskets. It was a it was a full-time job. Well, that is a cool piece of information. Yeah. I never knew that. So yeah. 1912, your family, the Dingwall family, operated the casket-making business plus yes. the funeral home. Yeah. Interesting. And then my grandfather moved to Surrey in 1924, and he they worked together. And <clears throat> they also sold caskets in the Madeline Islands, wow. St. Peter's, and Bridgetown. Oh, my God. So they, they had a yeah. business base out of there, or they... No, sold to they, usually the local stores and that area around the turn of the century the local stores would have a couple of caskets on hand now these were wooden caskets that were covered in a cloth material wow so they're well well made yeah so you're saying i could go into the store 
buy a loaf of bread and pick out my casket. Exactly, yeah. But what happened in rural communities, say, for example, if you were out back of St. Peter's or Strathcona or whatever, if somebody passed away in the family, a lot of times they didn't have the funeral director to do a a presentation for the body, in other words, embalming. And there would be, you see couple of people in the community would come in and wash the body, dress it, place it in the casket. They'd have their visitation that same day and the next day go to church and have their funeral. But then as time went on, people started having their wakes at a longer time. Right. So you had to have preservation for the remains to be able to do that. So that is interesting. So what year, so you're thinking like 1912, to what what year did that change, like as far as preservation of the body? And that's very interesting. Yeah, it, um, I'd say in the 30s or summers in that area, things, it it became more prominent. Slowly started to change. exactly. Interesting. Interesting. So what would be your earliest memory I know your dad and your uncle operated the Dingwall Funeral Home. So what would be your earliest memory as a little boy working working alongside them? Oh, just helping them, like out in the shop where they were building caskets. I'd be out there from, well, from the time I was about 11 years old. And then I started helping them with funeral work, not conducting funerals, but a lot of the background scenes. Behind the scenes kind of things. I was about 14 or 15, so it's been actually like a lifetime. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. when you were 11, did you envision doing that for the rest of your life? Like, I really did you? didn't, no. Yeah, didn't. did you have other plans, Gary, as far as what your career would be? or? I was doing good to plan for Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> no, at, that's that's the fair, fair yeah, question for at, sure. At that age. But as I got older and started realizing that how you could help people, through a very difficult time. Yes, absolutely. You started looking at things through a, with a little more mature attitude. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like that right through until I retired. Yeah, no, those are all of the qualities, exactly what you're saying, to yeah. be kind of running the type of business that yeah. you ran. And yeah. So you owned and operated for 21 years, and then you were with your uncle and your dad. So that's quite a stretch, quite a yeah. lifetime of, of being in that service to, to families. Um, do you remember a funny story? Um, you've got to have tons of funny stories. Oh. <laughs> can you can you share one with us, perhaps? Yes, I can. Okay. There was an elderly lady, I'm not going to mention names. No, that's fine. She came into visiting hours at the funeral home one evening, and the family were getting ready to have prayers. And this lady was getting really hard of hearing, and she knew Dad all her life. Dad knew her. And she's up whispering in his ear at the top of her lungs. So anyway, she walked in and got settled. And my dad stepped outside and I went out with him. And he looked at me and he said, I think that woman learned to whisper in a sawmill. (laughs) I'm thinking, "Mm, I may know this lady, not sure, because I'm from the Surrey area. But that's that's a funny story. Thanks for sharing that for sure. Um, So you say you've directed the funeral home. So what's... So I look at a funeral home and there's someone there directing it, like in different areas, like in Charlottetown. I know there's many um, roles within a funeral home, but you did it all. Yes. For many years. So how how did you manage that, Gary? Like funeral directing, embalming, 
the whole... Some mornings you had to be there at least 5 a.m. You could get more done between 5 and 9 once people started calling and people started coming to the office. Right. And if you were busy, there was a lot of nights you were there, sometimes the 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, but you, you just had to. Right. Now, that's not every day of the week. Yeah. But there was different times. Yeah, and like as far as the career in funeral directing and embalming and whatnot, you're on call. How did that work with your, you know, your personal life, things, other things that you've enjoyed? I know you have some well, side skills that you... Yeah, but it took a priority. It's, if you sat down for a Thanksgiving dinner and the phone rang and someone needed you, you went. Right. And I didn't mind that mm -hmm. because... When I was finished dealing with that family, I could go home, sit down, and relax. But they had to deal with that. Right. And for every day afterwards, for a long time, I could always put my plate in the oven and warm it up. You know, right, I, yeah. I never went hungry. Yeah. But uh, it, some people, that would bother them. But right. it really didn't bother me. Okay. Yeah. And especially li living in the community, because you live in Eastern PI as well. Yeah. So a lot of these people... There's nowhere you can hide. Right. <laughs> exactly. A lot of these people were your neighbors and they were grieving. So, yeah. like, was that a drawback? Or what did you see? How did you go through that? I just got used to it because that's why I watch my dad do things. Okay. And you kind of grow up and taking that as normal. Right. It, you didn't go to work at 8 in the morning and go home at 5 in the evening. Mm-hmm. It was just, you knew that was the career it, path and that's, the, way and that's the timeline. And yeah, yeah, you're the, here with the main show in Eastern PI really, you know, yeah. for a lot of years. Um, but God bless the community. They helped me do a very difficult job. Yeah. And I got to make a lot of good friends with people that mm -hmm. you deal at hard times like that. Yeah. And still to this day, they see you, they come across the street and you have a conversation for 10 minutes and. That's worth a lot. Yeah, for sure, especially coming from a small place like, yeah. like we do in Eastern PI. Um, so who's really helped you along the way when you think about running a business or some great memories you've had? Who made the difference for you or what made the difference for you as a business owner in Eastern PI? I think my father. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, kind of like what he taught you and how, exactly. he, yeah, yeah. how he trained you. And, yeah, because yeah. yeah. those are certain qualities. You, you know, they're not necessarily learned. Or edu you can't be educated on those certain skills. They have to be learned, and, you know, you looked up to your dad. And it's hands-on. Yeah. yeah, right. I can remember the first time I ever set foot inside a prep room with my dad. I bet and that's very uh, yeah clear and in your mind. It is, and uh, I think I was 16, 15, 16 years old, and we stood inside the door, and he said, now, when you come in here, he said, I want you to think of that individual in here the same as if this was your mother, and don't forget it. And that was it. Wow. And I I didn't forget that. that was, that's quite a statement to me. That is quite a statement you know? and quite, yeah, like quite um, eye-opening too as but how it, to focus and prepare for yeah. what you're going to see. That was like a sacred door. place for my father. There was no messing around or fooling in there right. there was no joking there was total was respect exactly and yeah. yeah no that's amazing that's quite a statement and he was so strong and the only people ever get in here he said would be a doctor or a police officer 
Okay. That's just the way it has yeah, to be. Yeah, so that's the boundary you had to uh, yeah. to make. That's Yeah, that's interesting for sure. So you took on funeral directing and bombing. So for someone like me, I'm like, what's the difference? Is it all the same? Like the, well, the titles or what the duties? The, there's an embalmer, they call a mortician, whatever. They're the ones that do the preparation on the remains. Right. And then you can get licensed to be a funeral director. Mm-hmm. So that's two it, separate things. It Yes. If I hired someone to help me do funerals, mm-hmm. I could get him licensed as a funeral director. But okay. he wouldn't have to go to school and to prepare study the body and, body. and exactly. whatnot. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting because I guess for me, with knowing you and seeing how you run your business, you do it all. So it may not be the same in different funeral homes, correct? They may have multi-roles. Well, within the business? Or? It's kind of the same. Like um, when you work at a funeral home, y- you just mm-hmm. don't pick what you want to do. Right. If a vehicle needs to be washed, you wash it. Right. Floor needs to be scrubbed or cleaned. Okay, you yeah. Clean it. Yeah, so you take on all the duties within. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what does the outlook? I know it's very difficult um, to find someone because I know for you, um, Retirement was your plan, you know, for a few years back. So what would you, what advice would you give to business owners who have been long-term, loved their business? What would be some advice or tips for someone looking at a succession plan? Come to the realization that you're not going to be there forever. Right. And somebody else is going to have to step in there. And it's time consuming. It's Mm -hmm. something you don't do in a month or three weeks it's uh because for you it was a hurtful business you loved it yeah. right so it must have been quite a process to know it was to plan yeah. and whatnot yeah so what other another tip that you'd give to a business owner like have a good accountant yes and take the advice from them that's their department that's what they train for absolutely so not so don't know it all necessarily Correct. Exactly. I mean, right. you've done the business for yeah. like 20, 21 plus years, but yeah, there's a yeah. lot of things like legalities that the average individual doesn't matter what business is in, unless you're in accounting itself, you don't know about it. Right. There's avenues to go. There's a, a plan to draw out. Exactly. So I like what you're saying. Look for outside help when oh, when needed totally. for sure. Yes. Yeah. Because even though you know with inside the walls of Dingwalls. Perhaps, you know, yeah. they can give you advice for outside and what that plan will and look like. And that's what those professionals are there for. Right. Lawyers, accountants, if you break a leg, where do you go? Yeah. You don't go to home hardware. You go to a doctor. Right. Yeah, you know? exactly. So you know, that, yeah, yeah that definitely makes sense for yeah. sure. So what if you could turn back time, Gary Dingwall, what would you tell your 16, 17-year-old self? So you'd mentioned you were outside the door with your dad and he gave you that piece of advice. Yeah. What would you tell you, like, even as a person, not necessarily a business owner, what would you tell yourself back back then? What would you tell yourself? Tell myself regarding... Yeah, like um, like some advice or what not to do or things like that. What not to do. Yeah. There must like be if you could turn back time. Anything you'd do differently? Oh, there's a lot of things I think I'd do differently. Yeah. But a lot of things I wouldn't change right. either. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And what yeah. a legacy to live for, right? Like, like you know, regrets. You've yeah. done the business. The nicest thing I found is, was the older I got, 
the smarter my father got. Ah, interesting. He didn't, see, he didn't seem to know too much when I was 15, but then <laughs> when I was 25, he's getting smarter oh all my the time. God. So that's what you could turn, if you turn back time, you would tell your 16 or 17, you know. Exactly. Maybe heed some advice from your parents right. from time to time. Yeah. That's funny. But human nature, you have to do with the hard way. Yeah, no, for sure. Um. Just some, just an interesting question. So you live in South Lake yes. with your wife, Christine, and your dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you have some side, you do some artwork, correct? And some, yeah, yeah some renovations and things like that. Yeah. So, and you enjoy doing that, Gary? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. So, well, um, if you had a choice of a dinner guest at your home in South Lake, who would that be? Who would you choose? Santa Claus. Santa uh, Claus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know. I think if I could take back my grandfather, okay. I'd love to sit down and talk to him. Right. He was a mentor in my life. It, it, there's not a week goes by I still don't think of him. Wow, that's awesome. Look, yeah, reminisce what, about what, things. What? Yeah, whatever impression he had on me, it lasted. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. And I love that you wouldn't pick some... For many of us, we could pick a st- real star out there, you know, in the world. But you picked, you know, who was a star for you, your grandfather. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. So operating Dingwalls and living in such a small community as Eastern PI, how did you manage? I know you touched on about you were always on call, things like that. How did you manage your work and your life? Was there ever a time that you did, or you just kind of had to roll out with how life was given? Well, I grew up watching my father and my uncle, and they were basically on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you knew that was a life. Yeah, it, it kind of went with that profession. Right. And when somebody, you know everybody in a small community. Right. It's not like Montreal. It's one of your loved ones pass away. You don't see a funeral home until Monday morning. But it's not like that here. Right. And as a rule, you know 90% of these people, maybe not personally. Right. But you know who they are. And if somebody passed at home, and that's the way it was when I was younger. Yeah, of course. You'd see a lot of that didn't tell the family I'll be there tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. You went if it was 11 at night, if it was a snowstorm. Right. It's just, that's just the way it was, and you accepted that. Right. Interesting. There's a lot of times, like, you'd sit down for Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving, the phone would ring. Well, that was it. You just, you knew you had to go. You didn't complain about it. It was just the way things were. It was just the job, per se. Yeah, just your chosen path for you, for sure. Right. And not a lot of people would choose that. You oh, know? No. And I, I guess we see that across Atlanta, Canada. It's very difficult to have someone uh, come in as a funeral, dr- you know, to take over some it, businesses. It is presenting a problem today. Yeah, for sure. Uh, younger people don't seem to want to have that dedication. They don't want to put the hours in. Yeah, of course. It's it's a different profession. Yeah. Yeah. No, it wouldn't be for everyone. No, not really. Yeah, no. Well, Gary, it's been wonderful to talk with you this afternoon. It's been such a pleasure. Mm-hmm. I, not, I n- 
do not kn- I know you personally, of course, um, and of course professionally. I've had the, I've seen how you you deal with families and how you've dealt with families, and I re- I believe that's the reason why we brought you here today to kind of um, talk about how things were in the past. And well, it's enjoyable being here. Yeah, we really appreciate on behalf of the Eastern PI Chamber. We just um, we thank you, and of course, at some point, we would love to have your successor in as well to do an interview with Nat. That'd be great. Yeah, um, as a new owner of the Dingwall Funeral Home in Eastern PI, so. He's a great guy. Yeah. He's, uh, he has all the qualities. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, you're still there to, to mentor a bit as well, or, you oh, know. Yeah. yeah. to give some advice, I'm sure, so I'm sure well, he appreciates that. Sometimes he helps me out. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, that's great. It's a give and take. That's right. Anyway, thanks so much, Gary. You're welcome.